He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the building, y'all. Intercom Studios. Miracle Mile. I'm solo bolo, but I got my main man, Greg Biggins. Goat Biggins on the line. GB, what it do? What is up, Keith? How are you? I'm doing great, my man. I'm doing really good. It is Tuesday. We're recording live on a Tuesday. And uh, not are we just recording. This is our final Season preview show, Division 1 and L.A. City section. So I'm excited about all the dialogue, uh, about all the players, all the teams, all the coaches we're going to be talking about, some kids that you don't know about, some kids that you do know about, and ready to get our fans and our listeners up to speed and up to breast on everything SoCal high school sports here in the Southern section, GB. Uh, so just really quickly, I want to go down the line. We got our intro we're doing now. We got our recruiting coming up with GB. We got a sleeper of the week um, out of Oaks Christian. We're going to look at the city section as a whole, but particular, a few top schools. Uh, we'll be looking at the Division One teams, which is an unbelievably loaded division. I challenge anybody to say this is the best division uh, in the country. Uh, also, we'll be looking at Thursday's matchups. Because this is going to air Wednesday, so it'll be tomorrow's matchups. Some really, really talented teams, talented players going at each other. We got a one to watch from Sarah High School, and then we're going to bring this baby to a close. But without further ado, I got my man Greg Bankins here, and you know he's number one, uno nuno, when it comes to recruiting. GB? The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. Hit us with it. Yeah, so not a lot of action right now. We just had two commitments over the week. One of them was a huge one, huge, literally and figuratively. Talking about Narbonne offensive lineman Jonah Tawanu from Narbonne High School. I think I said Narbonne twice. That's okay. Uh, kind of fight a little bit of a cold, Keith. So if I repeat myself twice, just go with it. Go right? with it. Just, just, just go with it. Yeah. So Jonah, many people thought this guy is a USC lock. They were his first offer, and he was just a freshman. He's from LA. That was his childhood favorite. But Jonah went ahead and kind of pulled a little bit of a shocker and committed to the Oregon Ducks. And if you really kind of followed his recruitment too uh, uh, pretty closely, it wasn't too much of a shock. You know, he's been kind of late into Oregon for a couple months now. Went to their spring game, and the rumor was he almost committed then at the Ducks spring game. Really loves the, the direction of the program. Really loves the coaching staff and just how heavily they recruited him. You know, they really made him a top priority, not just with one coach, but the whole entire staff. That's kind of how Oregon's been doing it. You know, Mario Cristobal has a great reputation going even further back than his Alabama days. And most people know him as, you know, the, the dude, the O-line coach at Bama when they had some of those uh, really, really talented offensive lines. You know, Mario put those lines together. I think Jonah, he felt, you know, I want to go to a place where, number one, I feel prioritized. Number two, I want to get developed. And Oklahoma was very much in the mix as well as Florida. But USC, I think, again, that's a school – that a lot of people thought, and, and none of these schools are going to stop recruiting him, especially USC. I mean, they're going to probably turn up the heat even more now. But for now, and I think it looks pretty solid, Jonah is taking his 6'6", 325-pound frame to Oregon, where he's hoping to come in there and compete for playing time 
right away. That's his game plan. So a uh, huge pickup for Oregon. They have a top five recruiting class right now, and, and Jonah just kind of adds to that, Keith. Yeah, I, there's no doubt about that, Greg. You talk about a um, athletic, a big, a physical, a versatile kid with very quick feet. He's very aggressive, has the ability to mirror pass rushers on the edge, has the toughness and the girth to kick inside if need be. I love him as a plug-and-play guy early in his career. If he can pick up the scheme and really develop the technique at that college level, uh, Jonah is an outstanding talent, comes from a terrific family, a great program over in Narbonne, who seems to put out 10 players every year, um, and it's not slowing down anytime soon, but Jonah Tawanu, Oregon Ducks, um, I think it's a great fit. Like you said, GB, just to piggyback, they did a great job recruiting him. I actually thought as well, Jonah was a huge USC lean. Saw him up at USC a couple times. He looked happy. He looked comfortable. But let me tell you something. The Oregon Duck recruiting staff has gone into Southern California and multiple times over and over again snatched some of the top targets from the area and pulled them to Eugene. My hat is off to that group of coaches. And uh, I think it's, just, it's a great fit, again, for Jonah with his athletic ability, his athleticism, his flexibility, and his movement capabilities going to that Oregon offense where they like to spread it out and play fast. Terrific fit for both sides. Congratulations to Jonah and the Talonu family. Yeah, the other commitment was an out-of-state player, Barrett Miller, uh, a four-star offensive lineman out of Colorado, you know, one of their top five recruits. And he is heading... Well, Colorado is West Coast, but he's headed even more west. He's going to play for the Stanford Cardinal. Stanford, again, does a great job up front, offensive line. It's not like they always have just so much size and depth and toughness up front. Barrett Miller is really, really good looking offensive lineman. So Stanford kind of filling up. And I think Stanford's going to have one of their better classes in, in a few years. I think Stanford's primed for a, a big finish in January. They always had their big recruiting weekend in January. I recently put a crystal ball in for Trent McDuffie for Stanford Key. So I think Stanford's going to end up closing pretty well. Speaking of size up front, uh, we have a couple upcoming commitments, but the big one is this Friday, big old Jacob Bandit, 6'2", 6'3", and 300-plus. He's going to announce his commitment on Friday. Uh, he's kind of narrowed it down unofficially. You know, Cal's the hometown school. He loves Clemson. He likes Oregon a lot, and then he likes Washington a great deal. I talked to him a couple nights ago. He told me that the two schools on him the hardest right now are Clemson and Washington. Cal is kind of a childhood favorite school. They're definitely in the mix. They're making a big push. He had a visit locked in with Oregon. Also had a visit locked in with Illinois. He went ahead and canceled all those visits. He said he's only going to take one trip, and that's to the school that he's going to be committed to. And for me, I think the Washington Huskies, Keith, are the school that's going to end up with, with Jacob. And that'd be huge for them. You know, obviously, you know, they're still a little bit upset about the whole Brandon Cajo situation. He was probably their most highly touted player that they've signed in a, in a long time. He ended up going to Alabama. So they're still upset. Husky fan base, that's a passionate fan base. That's an angry fan base when things aren't going their way. But I have a feeling they're going to be happy on Friday. Jacob Bandis, big-time D-tackle. That, that's, my, that's my pick as of right now today. Uh, I think the Huskies could land one of the elite nose guard D-tackle types in the country. Triple B, big bad bandits, my guy. Uh, really love Jacob. First of all, as a person, just a very uh, soft-hearted, very soft-spoken kid. 
uh, terrific energy, very positive and enthusiastic about life. Secondly, on the football field, uh, you talk about a guy who can get that vertical penetration, can really push the pocket and win one-on-one matchups in the interior to keep your quarterback from stepping up in the pocket, making strong throws. Jacob Bannis is not only a pass rusher, he's a run stuffer. He was huge in the state championship game last year against Narbonne for Pittsburgh. Um, I just really, really like Big Bannis. He's a, he's a, he's a bully inside. He's quick. He's got, he has great technique, uses his hands really well. He's very active. Um, and you know what? I like your crystal ball to Washington for one really solid reason, GB. If you look at the history of that Washington program, they do well with interior line players from Northern California. If you think back, there's Elijah Qualls, who's one of the top defensive tackles in the country coming out years ago, played for my good friend and colleague Trent Herzog over there at Casa Grande. He was a University of Washington commit, signed there, is now with the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFL. You think Jacob Bandis has that in the back of the mind? I can promise you he does. The Huskies do a great job developing talent, especially on that defensive line from California, coming out of the high school ranks. Bandis, Huskies, could be a great, great day for everybody in Pacific Northwest that's cheering on that Purple Rain, GB. It's going to be interesting. We'll see how it all shakes out as we kind of move forward here. Anything else in terms of recruiting, Greg? So the the only other guy that's going to be committing this month is – Giles Jackson, um, August 24th. So that is not this coming week, but the following week, end of the month. Uh, he took an official visit to Michigan. USC was the childhood favorite. I think we had him on the podcast. Was it last Friday when we had Giles on? Mentioned USC and, and Reggie Bush was kind of his favorite school. Yeah. Um, Oregon State he's visited. Oregon he has visited. I think those are the main schools right now, but. Uh, I got an Oregon Duck vibe out of Giles. You know, he went to their camp a couple weeks ago. We had Matt Prem on from, uh, you know, from our website, 24-7. He said Giles was the best guy there. And I know Giles had a great time. They want to add, they only have about five or six spots left, but they would love to add another dynamic playmaker, you know, kind of a slot running back, a punt kick return guy. You can move all over the place. So Giles Jackson, August 24th, we're making his announcement. And as of right now, again, I feel pretty good about the Oregon Ducks. Giles, explosive, dynamic, electric. I don't know how many other superlatives I can use to describe Giles, but he is just a lightning in a bottle. Very difficult to deal with one-on-one. Difficult to deal with two-on-one. Giles Jackson is going to make somebody happen. Can the Ducks reel in another California prospect? Uh, Giles Jackson may be the top slot receiver in the country. Lit up the Nike opening uh, a month ago or so, and uh, he's set to make his decision. Like you said, GB, uh, SC, Reggie Bush, I can see that. You know, a little smaller, but same type of dynamic ability. The Ducks, their spread look, their up-tempo look, the ability to use him in the backfield, kind of as a LaMichael James, put him in a slot. It's kind of like a Josh Huff. I, I see that as well. So, you know, J- uh, excuse me, Giles has a, a terrific opportunity in front of him. It's a big decision for him. Nonetheless, I'm sure he's going to do what's best for him and his family. And uh, whichever school lands him is going to land a big-time playmaker that is going to put pressure on the defense outside, inside, return game, the whole nine, GB. Yeah, then two more real quick. Tariq Luckett, he said his commitment date for September 13th. I believe that he said that's his grandmother's birthday. Um Colorado, I believe, is the school to beat for Tariq out of J. Sarah High School. We'll talk about 
the Lions a little bit later on in the show. They have a pretty loaded wide receiver core. And oh, then yeah. Max Williams, uh, he's going to set uh, he set his commitment date for October 6th. So Max Williams, one of the elite cornerbacks in the entire country. He'll be a, a rare four-year starter at Sarah High School. Um, he's got Notre Dame and Oregon visits coming up. Uh, but I really like where USC is at. I think uh, that's his childhood favorite school. Sarah kids typically go to USC. George Farmer, Marquise Lee, Robert Woods, Adoree Jackson, just to name a few. Um, shoot, John Houston, Rasheen Green. I can keep going on and on and on. Max Williams, I believe he is a USC lean. October 6th, he'll make his decision. He has those two trips before then. Notre Dame and Oregon also. Louisville is kind of in the mix. And that's about it for our recruiting notes for the week, Keith. No, I like it. You know, I'm, I'm interested to ask this question really quick, GB. Max Williams, you got any pulse on where Max Williams is leaning? You know, that, that recruitment's been interesting um, for four years now, like you said, as a four-year starter. Any idea where he's leaning, where he might end up? Have you crystal balled him anywhere? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought I said, I, I think USC okay. you know, is the team to beat for Max. You know, again, that's his childhood favorite. Okay. I think I think he's comfortable there. I think they want him. They've prioritized him. And then, like I said, you know, you go to Sarah High School, it's almost like, you know, that's a triple-A, you know, baseball program with USC being the, being the team that calls you up when they, when they want you, right? Right. Um, you know, Max is, is one of several players from Sarah who could end up at USC and so, yeah, I, I, I do have him crystal the ball to USC right now. I got you. Okay, maybe I missed that part. Well, uh, like you said, that uh, that Sarah to SC pipeline, it's real. It's a thing. It's actually a thing. Um, being a graduate of Sarah High School, heading all the way back to guys like Darnell Lacey, guys like Jason Steen. I mean, SC and Sarah have been linked hip but to hip for quite a long time, for at least, you know, 20 years now. So uh, I don't think that pipeline is going to slow down anytime soon, but we'll see as Max Williams uh, comes to a close in his commitment date. But, GB, thank you for your recruiting, my man. Thank you for the updates. Thank you for your crystal ball picks. We appreciate you always. The best in the business. I, my hat is off to you. Respect, my man. I know you're under the weather. Absolutely. Always my pleasure. Absolutely. Now that we got recruiting done and out the way, it's time. For our Sleeper of the Week. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, I sleeper the week this week. It is a very interesting individual. Got a sniff of him a little bit last year on the freshman team at Oaks Christian. Eric Sottenheimer tweeted about him this morning. I said, man, Sottenheimer beat me to it. Ethan Calvert, Oaks Christian Lions. Let me tell you something. Fast 
physical and smart. My type of football player reminds me a lot of his brother, Josh Coward. Not as much as as Bo. Reminds me of Josh about 6'2", about 210. But he's a runner. He's a hitter. He's an athlete. He played quarterback on the freshman team. He ran it. He threw it well. He also played linebacker, defensive end. I mean, he's busting guys up on the sideline. He's sacking quarterbacks, slamming guys. He's just a physical kid. Uh, the baby is always tough um, in terms of when you are a, a younger brother. I was the youngest brother. Is always physical. He's always tough. He's always got to fight for the last piece of chicken. He's got to fight for the last cup of water, uh, excuse me, of uh, Kool-Aid and last piece of watermelon. So listen, Ethan Calvert, Oaks Christian Lions, 2021 class. Uh, I got him categorized as an athlete, but I think he's going to be solidified as an outside linebacker. And uh, I think he's going to pay big-time dividends for the Oaks Christian Lions this week, GB, as we get ready to preview Oaks Christian Shamanon. A big game right out the shoot a little bit later on in the show. But congratulations to Ethan Coward. This week's Transparent Truth Sleeper of the Week. GB, it's time to move on and get to our preview. This is our last preview show of the year, of the year, for the upcoming season. We got the city section. And being that you are from Orange County, and I know you revel in the fact that you get to learn about L.A. City football and all the great teams and players that the history of L.A. City football represents. Why don't you go ahead and get us started off, GB? Yeah, so, you know, honestly, if we're just being being real and being transparent, which is what we always try to do on the show, we kind of teased it last week, but Narbonne, is just so deep and so talented that you can make an argument that their number twos, their backups, would probably be the number two team in the city section. And I don't know if we want to start off with Narbonne and just talk about them, or if we want to even, you know, try to go, you know, a ten nine eight. Um, let's you know, try to let's try to go a five four three two, maybe I mean, even a three sporadic, two one. <laughs> three two one. There's some sporadic talent, you know, Venice. I don't think. It, they're being talked about much. I think people are concerned about, you know, their defense. Um, you know, Luca Diamond is an excellent quarterback. I mean, he's a high-level D1 kid in the 2020 class. He's already being recruited at the high level with offers from schools like Ole Miss and Alabama. is a pretty good football program, too. They're all sure. over Luca. Uh, also, Chad Johnson Jr. is at Venice. So there's some sporadic talent. Yeah. I, I, I like San Fernando. Um, you know, a couple guys who played for Ground Zero, Kyle Bryant, Trevor Gill. Both these guys rushed for over 1,600 yards last year, Keith. 20 touchdowns. San Fernando was kind of being that team that's being talked about. They won Division One last year. Now it's going to be in the open division um, with Narbonne, but they won it last year. They're playing Alamany this week. You know, that's Casey Clausen's debut at Alamany. That's Miller Moss, the quarterback over there. So we're going to find out right away how good San Fernando is. They got... Again, those those two dudes both can go. Trevor Gale and I especially like Kyle Bryant. Really good tape, running back tape. Can also play some safety. So I see San Fernando probably as the number two team behind Narbonne. You know, Crenshaw want to. You know, they want to state title last year, but that was a, a pretty senior dominated team. You know, they they lost the quarterback. They lost some of the dynamic playmakers. I know Crenshaw always has dudes. You know, Robert Garrett does a pretty good job with those guys. I just. We don't get to see a lot of the Crenshaw players in the offseason. They're not really allowed to do a lot of the camps or a lot of the seven-on-seven stuff. So, you know, first week or, or second week of the year, you kind of start to see who Crenshaw has. 
But Narbonne is, is the school that we can probably talk the most about. It'll be about week four or week five, I believe, when they get their whole entire you know team back. Breon Penny is out for the first five weeks. Jake Garcia, the quarterback, is out. Josh Jackson is out. Uh, the good news for them, I think Sunhammer tweeted out this morning, Jawan Collins, Jordan Banks, and P3, Paul Edwards, they all were, were ruled eligible. So all those guys will be able to play this week. And they have a, a huge matchup against St. Louis, Hawaii, sure, who's sure. a dominant program out there in Hawaii and who beat Darbonne last year. But you kind of just go, you know, the quarterback, the running back, the out with the line depth with Tawad New. I mean, Narbonne has so much depth and so much talent. They're going to have 15 guys sign, and they still got 10 more guys in the 2020 class right. who are legit D1 guys, Keith. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, just to piggyback a little bit off of Venice, I want to go back to them. Makai Cope, he's a wide receiver DB, a sophomore kid I really like in the 2021 class. 6'2", 180, he can run, he can catch, um, he runs good routes. He's a, he's a guy that can stick with you man-to-man down the field. I really like him as a prospect. Um, they have another kid that's a linebacker kid, um, Zachary Stainer, about 6'1", about 200 pounds. Um, he's a he's a thumper. He's sideline to sideline. He's active, good read and react kid. Uh, would like to see him get a little bit one more step ahead of the offense and anticipate a little better. But he's got some ability. So, like you said, you know Venice, they've got some players, they've got some pieces to maybe threaten. Their defense has got to get up to to speed and up to par for sure. Uh, if you talk about that Narbonne squad, I mean they're they're freaking loaded. They may have won the off season just in terms of. Um, the kids who have transferred into that school, it's unbelievable how much talent they have. Greg, you just talked about maybe 25 scholarship players on that team. And you know what? I don't doubt I don't doubt that number at all. Uh, once those kids who are ineligible or, or not ineligible but have that five-week sit-out period, once they get eligible, I mean, they still have guys like Brandon Jones, like you said, Banks, P3, uh, Jalen Henderson, the sophomore quarterback, I'm a big believer in. I think this kid has got game. Um, I think he has heart. He's got tremendous poise as a young kid. He's not one of those holdback or super two-year holdbacks. He's just a kid who believes in himself. He believes in his process. He works his tail off. He's a tremendous leader. Uh, saw some clips of him last week against Chaminade's pretty stout defense, and the kid was money, man. I mean, he was hitting guys outside the numbers, inside the hash marks, uh, scrambling up the middle for first downs using his legs. Really love this kid. Aaron East had a big game, the slot receiver transfer um, from Long Beach Poly, who had a terrific offseason as well. Caught for over 100 yards. Is definitely a a safety blanket for quarterbacks, a guy that can get open pretty much at will with his quickness and his savvy route-running ability. Uh, Like Jamari A. Boone, he's the cornerback, the senior cornerback. Yeah, he can make plays. Jawan Collins, GBO, you said, got eligible today uh, via, you know, the city section transfer deal. You know, he's about as impressive as a junior running back as you're going to find, not only in the southern section, but in the state of California, maybe on the West Coast. Uh, a small version, smaller version of Marshawn Lynch, a physical presence, a downhill runner who can run away from athletic defenders in the secondary. Those guys are always a high priority for college recruiters. There's so much more you could say about this Narbonne team. Rashad Brooks, I remember him on the freshman team last year. He's a cornerback, but he's about 5'11". He can run. He can hit. 
He can make plays. I really love those types of guys. And then on the offensive line, GB, they got kids. Uh, Brandon Crenshaw Dixon, a six foot seven, two hundred sixty five pound kid who's athletic. I believe he's already committed to San Diego State. Um, if I'm not if I'm not wrong, um, they have Leahy Iosia. He's a 5'11", 295-pound offensive guard. He's a junior. Uh, Talini Suli Levi, 6'3", 285-pound guy. He plays center and some tackle. Jamal Hawkins, 6'1", 280. Of course, our guy Juice Tapool, who's already got scholarship offers that we love. Offensive guard, defensive tackle, 6'1", 265. They're loaded. Of course, Jonah Tawanu, the All-American left tackle. I mean, it's... What else can you say about this Narbonne team? They twenty-five scholarship players, maybe, um, Greg and and I. I second that. They're got a, they've got a loaded squad. They should run away with the city section championship. What is this going to be the tenth time in eleventh year or something like that? Something crazy. Uh, they, they're loaded over there and they're doing a great job. Coach Manny Douglas, officer coordinator, Coach Brandon Malimaniuna. Uh, they got a loaded deal, and uh, they're going to hammer some people pretty badly in that city section. I can imagine some scores are going to reach the 70 and 80 point mark to zero, GB. Yeah, I mean, another guy you got to throw out, Steve Jenkins. You know, when I went to Absolutely. the Mission Diego tournament, and I watched them play in modern day, yeah. dude, Steve Jenkins was the fastest player on the field. Yes. And I'm not sure it was close. I mean, that guy, I mean, just imagine if they had, you know, seven McGee still playing with him. You know, he's back. He's, imagine if Mikael Wright was able to get eligible. Last I've heard on Mikael Wright, he's going to be going to Antelope Valley. Um, what a mess that was. But Jordan Banks yeah. is an SEC-level prospect. They got the two quarterbacks. I'm a big fan of Collins, like you said. I think Jawan right now, I mean, Kendall Milton has kind of established himself as the number one back out west. Yeah. And again, I don't know if there's a, if that's close, but right behind him, very well could be Juwan Collins. I mean, he's he's a load and he's tough and he yeah. can go. Yeah. So well coached. They play a, a unique system. You know, up tempo, fast pace. They're big up front. Yeah. They got a brutal schedule though, and I, I love that, right? Because if sure. you know they could they could pull off they could pull off a De La Salle 145 winning streak if they want to just play a bunch of slaps in the preseason and then fill up you know on, on beat up a bunch of city league teams. But you know they're playing. They're playing St. Louis again, traveling there. They're playing uh, Long Beach Poly. They're playing Centennial. They're playing at Sarah. They're playing Lawndale. So they're taking on anyone. They want to prove themselves. They want to show that, hey, you know, we're, we're a, a legitimate Division One team. We're not an LA City team. We're a Division One team. They'll play anyone, anytime, anywhere. So I'm excited to see how they do against St. Louis. St. Louis looked really, really good last week in a little scrimmage. They got a good yeah. young quarterback and some studs up front. Yeah. I two it to a telly. Yeah. I two it to a telly, absolutely. But no, my Narbonne looks like clearly the, the, the class of the city section. Again, San Fernando, Crenshaw, Carson. Can we get Carson their snack bar back? Can we get the snack loud, bar? Geez. Can we get the snack bar going, Dude, GB? The community needs the Carson snack bar for all that is holy. Give these guys their stinking snack bar. It's an atrocity. It's an atrocity. It's it is a legacy. Hey, DJ Banks from Birmingham. I've got to mention him, but uh, he's a load, man. He's a 220-pound dude. Really? He's really, really good. Is yeah. he playing DJ running back? Banks. Remember that name. Yep. Oh, nice. 
220-pound running back. He looks like Jerome Bettis, just mowing over people. So he was all city last year. Okay. So he'll be good. Is he going to be our new Van team. Bully? He very well could be, man. Okay. He very well could be. So DJ Banks is a, is a good dude. You know, Fairfax has some good players. Quarterback Scott Harris. I believe Steve Clarkson is a guy who trains him. He told me he's right now a preferred walk on the USC because he's a four point whatever student, but he might have some, he might get some looks later on in the year. So Scott Harris, Fairfax High School, comes highly recommended from my guy Steve Clarkson. So uh, remember him. You know, I think the city section, just like I think college football is better when Miami, the Miami Hurricanes are good. I think when Dorsey's good, the LAC section is, is good. I, unfortunately, Dorsey, you know, they just lost everybody. They lost their coach, Big Charles Mincy, which meant little Charles Mincy's gone. You know, they lost Juwan Collins, as we talked about off air. Already lost Kayvon two years ago. So Dorsey looks a little bit down right now. I wish they would, you know, get back up to the, the old Dorsey banning days. Those were some fun times when I kind of first got into this in the early 90s. Yeah. But to summarize, Keith, it's, it's Narbonne 1, Narbonne 2, maybe <laughs> San Fernando 3, then maybe Narbonne's third stringer, probably at number 4. It's kind of how I would see the LA City section right now. Yeah, it's, it's to say it's lopsided would be an understatement. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Reseda has. Um, they've had some guys transfer out, but they still have AGH, Alonzo Grayhall, who had 20 sacks last year, coming off that edge at six foot five, 230 pounds. Um, he's long and athletic. His aggressiveness has stepped up in the in the offseason. He's tightened up on his technique, still a bit raw, but has gotten better through uh, some technique work, working with you know, guys like Dennis Jackson, you know, and, and guys around Southern California who's reached out to try to help this kid out. Talented. Um, and, you know, they were a pretty good team last year. We'll see what Reseda has, but AGH is a big-time player. There's no doubt about it with a huge future. GB? Hey, how about we jump to Division One? It, it's about that time, man. How about we do that? It's about that time. Division One. You, I got to take a deep breath before we get into this, GB. I'm looking take at the teams breath, in Division One, and man, you talk about loaded. I mean, there's so much talent. First of all, there's a lot of coaching talent. There's a lot of coaching talent. You talk about Charlie Collins taking over at Oaks. You talking about, uh, you know, at, with modern day Bruce Rollinson. You talking about Chad Johnson taking over at Mission Viejo. Uh, I mean, listen, Jaime Ortiz over there at San Clemente. Scott Altenberg at Sierra. What about our guy Coach Thomas over there at Servite? St. John Bosco. Okay, they got a goat up over there. And Coach Negro, I mean, listen, our last week's Friday guest, five-star Friday guest, Ed Croson at Chaminade. Let's not forget about the goat of all goats over in Centennial, <laughs> Matt Logan. Hey, listen, man. I mean, it's wow. Wow. Jay Sarah, Pat Harlow. I mean, I don't yeah. want to leave a bunch of guys out. You can't because, dude, coaches are, are, dude, they're petty, man. If you don't mention everybody, they'll be like, dude, F these guys. Right. Dude, that's seriously how coaches are a very sensitive, no. very sensitive group. No. For they, sure. They are for sure. And I don't want to leave a bunch of guys out. Over at Valencia, yeah, uh, you got Muir. Larry Muir, who, 
you know, for all intents and purposes, probably should have won the D2 championship last year. They got popped in the championship game by Oaks Christian and a, and a, and a possessed Kayvon Thibodeau. But, you know, they have a good program year in and year out. They're going to be ready to compete on a high level. There's no doubt about that in my mind. They're, they're missing their five-star two-way player, but they still have very good players. Santa Margarita, Rich Fisher. Um, in terms of, you know, high-end talent, I think they're down a little bit. But, you know, they've got a, a quarterback in there that we talked about a little bit about off-air. They feel like they're going to come in there and they're going to compete. Um, and they got some matchup advantages kind of on the edge with a sh- Logan Schwenke. And we'll get into that as we kind of move forward here. Um, what about Bishop of Mont, GB? Nobody's really talking about Bishop of Mont, but they have some returners. Steve Haggerty and company, they've got some returners. they got returning quarterbacks. So let's dive right into this. I think I got to every coach and every name of every guy out there. Uh, let's dive in, GB. Let's start off with Bishop of Mont. And All let's right. talk well, a little bit first, about. Let's, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and rip through the teams, just one through eighteen, yeah. and, and just kind of set that stage, right? So sure. they so moving down. So Alamany gone, Loyola gone. So those two teams are no longer right. in D one. They replaced those two with Oaks Christian and Valencia. So D one got much stronger. Um, but here here we go. Modern day St. John Bosco, Mission Viejo, Orange Lutheran, Santa Margarita, Chaminade, Centennial. J. Sarah Bishop Amont Sarah High School, not to be confused with J. Sarah, Servite High School, Rancho Cucamonga, Murrieta Valley, Oaks Christian, San Clemente, Vista, Murrieta, Long Beach Poly, and Valencia. I think Long Beach Poly was the one school we didn't mention. I talked to Coach Barbie, the new coach at Poly, a couple times, and I, I like him. Keith. I think he's got a chance. I think the ta- talent may not be quite what it was last year in terms of just a high-end superstar talent. But I think Coach Barbie, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to build a program. I think they're going to be good in a couple of years. So I would say, you know, it kind of seems weird saying watch out for the Jackrabbit sleeper team. But I will say in a couple of years, I think Coach Barbie will have those guys doing some good things. So those are the 18 teams in D1 right now, Keith. So go ahead. So Take we're, off. Yeah. You want to go Bishop Amont first? Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm, on, I'm on my max prep site here. Bishop of Mons, the first team I have on my deal. Let's let's start with them. Um, and whenever you talk about Bishop of Mons, you have to start off with the quarterback position, Greg. Um, they have a returning starter who I think uh, is going to have a good year, had a solid year last year. But I think this year um, he's poised to have a bigger year, much more consistent year. If he can stay away from injury and stay healthy, that's going to be the key. Um, he's got to stay on his feet, and we're talking about Blake Archuleta, the 6'2 senior. Stay on his feet, stay out of harm's way, get down when he runs, step out of bounds. Don't take the big shots. Um, Greg, they had a running back that you really liked last year who was our sleeper of the week. Do you remember my guy? Damian yeah. Moore. Damian the, Moore, absolutely. The, yeah, the 2020 yeah, kid. Offer. Yes. Yeah, offer from ASU. And, yes. Um, no, he's going to be good. I mean, this is a month. They're probably, for me at least, I had them in my top 10 for the whole entire Southern section. So I think they're good. You know, last year we kept saying, hey, they're a year early. You know, they had a good year last year. We kept saying, hey, next year was supposed to be the year yeah. when they started making some noise. So, no, I, I like the quarterback. I like the running back. You know, they're always good up front. They, they take on modern day this weekend. That's always like one of the first games you always play each other. So that might be a tough one. But, shoot. 
you know, they might, you know, they might surprise Marte a little bit. They, they might make that a game. Um, but no, they they got a good team. They got thinking what a hundred guys in the roster. Yeah, that's very guys. rare these they days. Got a, it's a big, it's a big team. Yeah, in terms of numbers, and they got size up front. You know, they lost the big time D tackle Aaron Maldonado is at Cal now, but you know they got some they got some players. Devin Jarvis is a kid who committed to Fresno State. Sure, six two one hundred eighty pound corner receiver. So they got some dudes. They Mitch do. Lamont is, is definitely a good team. Absolutely, and they, and they have a legacy sitting there, waiting in the wings, ready to bust out and make an instant impact. How about Dyson McCutcheon? The son, a former number one player in the country, number one athlete in the country, Dalen McCutcheon, former USC Trojan, Cleveland Brown. Uh, his son, Dyson McCutcheon, playing varsity football for the first time over there at Bishop Amat. We'll see how that all shakes out. I really like Jesse Hernandez. He's a 6'2 receiver, about 195 pounds. He makes plays on football. Remember him from last year? I think a lot is going to hinge on... Damian Moore, the running back, though, Greg, he's got to be able to be productive, keep the pressure off of Blake Argeletta, let Dyson McCutcheon, Hernandez, let those, Devin Jarvis, let those guys work the outside edges, outside the hash marks, outside the numbers, work one on one, win in the route, and make plays for him down the football field. So, Bishop Amont. Uh, looking to come in and make some noise. Game one versus modern day. Uh, yeah, I remember two years ago they kind of got slapped around. Last year they put up a decent little fight. They got to come out ready to play, that's for sure. But they got a bear of a job going against uh, the Monarchs kind of coming up here shortly this Friday. Let's move down to the next team on the list, Corona Centennial, Greg. Uh, you know, what more can you say? You always have to start off with Coach Matt Logan. Uh, this year, he does not have a five-star quarterback, but that has never mattered in the past. Uh, no more Tanner McKee, but Coach Logan doesn't need a five-star quarterback to put up 50 points a game. His system is electric. His players will buy in. They will be efficient, and they will execute. When you talk about Centennial offense, you got to start off with number one on the outside, Gary Bryant. A super junior, an elite athlete, a playmaker extraordinaire. The guy is a magnet to the football. Whether he's running seams, posts, slants, go routes, Gary Bryant is going to get his hands on the football, and he's going to make the defense look silly. Uh, to balance out Gary, they got the running game with Thomas Kinslow, an aggressive, uh, prototypical Huskies downhill running back coming out of that downhill spread offense. Kinslow's going to be right off the butt of that tackle, and he's going to hit the hole hard. He breaks tackles in the open field. He can make guys miss. They got some guys um, who are going to share the rock with him. Octavio Cortez played last year, was very productive at 5'9", 200. Uh, very physical runner as well. I like what they have receiving the ball, GB. Like Brandon Alvarez, one of our sleepers of the week. A few weeks ago, he plays the slot. Isaiah Young will be playing some receiver this year as well. Um, I really like him. Uh, they got a couple guys on the outside who can also make plays. I want to talk about a little bit about the quarterback position. How about Carter Freeland, the transfer out of modern day? He's a big-time player, showed his highlights last week, made some plays down the field with his arms, with his legs. Also quarterback a la Mikaeli. Um, he's also a returner. He can also make plays and distribute the football. Love their offense. They're going to put up 50. 
There's no doubt about that. They got Chandler, Arizona. Game one, we'll be talking about that on Friday for the matchup show. Greg, do you know about their defense, GB? Talk to me. You know, before you leave the offense, another guy I, I want to throw out is, is Reggie Ratzliff. He's a transfer that came in as a quarterback. Yes. I have not heard if Carter Freeland has won the job yet. I, I hope they do give it to Carter. I think he's earned it. When I watched them play in that Mission Viejo tournament, they made it all the way to the semis. They don't, usually don't do that well in passing league, but they made it all the way to the semis. Lots of tough one to Bosco. But they had Carter at quarterback, and Reggie was playing receiver. Yes. Dude, and Reggie was mossing people. Oh, I man. I mean, he was 6'3", oh, yeah. athletic, yeah. making plays down. And I was sitting there watching with Dennis Jackson. I'm going, dude, who's this guy? Yeah. And he's like, that's Reggie. That's our backup quarterback. <laughs> I go, that guy's the quarterback? That's I'm Reggie. Like, dude, that guy needs to be... That guy needs to be one of the starting wide receivers. Put him out wide. You got yeah. Gary doing his thing. He's going to make a ton of plays, but Carter looked really good. But I'm excited to watch uh, watch those two guys. But, no, uh, I think everyone's talking about Centennial's defense as maybe the best they've had in five years. Yeah. Really good up front. Right. Really good on the back end. You already mentioned Isaiah Young. He's primarily going to be – primarily will be, you know, uh, as a shutdown corner. But, you know, Drake Jackson, for me, is, uh, is a legitimate dude uh, – one of the elite defensive ends doesn't get enough attention. For me, he deserved to get to the opening. He's a all-American game guy. He's you know six three. Every year he puts on good weight. I remember yeah. when I first saw him he was playing a little bit linebacker. Now he's all up two sixty, maybe even two sixty five. He's you know real versatile. You know he kind of reminds me, Keith. You might know this one better, but just in terms of his versatility, being an inside outside guy, right? Go to when Dayton Jones was a junior, senior in high absolutely, school. Absolutely, right? Just the frame, the being able to play inside, outside. Yes. You know, he's so well coached because of his dad, you know, is, is one of the better D-line coaches out there. But Drake just knows what he's doing. He's got a plan. He doesn't just try to bull rush you or, or speed rush you. You know, he's got multiple moves. He plays hard. I, I love the Skurlock kid. I saw him last year at the IMG game, not suited up. And I said, man, w- you know, when did you graduate? He'd be like, oh, I'm just a junior. And I'm like, <laughs> what, what's your deal? He's like, I got to set up my, you know, my five games. But Malik's a, a big time guy. They got some linebackers, yeah. you know, that I like a lot too. Big CV, um, big CV. The outside yeah. backer with the athletic Polynesian kid who's a, who's a, man, the guy's a zone dropper. He's a man player down the field. He's a blitzer, no doubt. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I know you saw them a few times, and, and why don't you, what do you like about their defense? Who are some of the guys that, you know, kind of caught your eye? Sure. So, I've, to me, it's up front. I think they got one of the better defensive lines in the state of California. There's no doubt about it. Keon Foreman, the 2021 20, 20, kid at six foot three and a half, 220 pounds. He's an edge rusher. He can also kick inside. You talked about Malik Skurlock, who's physical and aggressive and tough and plays with tremendous uh, energy and intensity in the middle. Drake Jackson is a premium edge defender, can play inside, can play outside. Like you said, his technique is advanced because of his father. Uh, I like Civi. Uh, the outside linebacker, they also put him in to rush the passer. He can get after people. He's active. He's aggressive. He's quick off that edge. And he can be a terror in the backfield. Um, you look out for the defensive back, Calvin Pitcher. He's the brother of Cameron Pitcher, who was their defensive MVP last year at linebacker, who's moved on to college. His younger brother is a defensive back, a sophomore 2021 class. I like him. He's got a lot of potential. Look for him to make plays kind of as he moves on down the road here. Look out for linebacker linebacker Chris Okiki. 
six feet, 200 pounds, put together like a brick house, muscles popping out of his earlobes, but he can run, he can hit, runs through ball carriers. Uh, he seems to never be tired. Uh, he plays, you know, every down in practice versus that up-tempo offense out in Corona with that humidity and that heat. You know he's in shape, and uh, he I think he's going to be a guy who's going to pay tremendous dividends for that Husky defense. And Husky, man, they look really good defensively. Offensively, you know they're going to put up points, and that should scare some people in itself, GB. I mean, all they need, we've always said it, you know, jokingly, they just need one stop because they're going to score almost every time, but... No, I mean, if they could shut some teams down, and last year, Centeno's defense was kind of starting to come around. Yeah. You know, they played IMG really well. If they can be a shutdown defense, then, and they only need to score 30 points to beat you, right. dude, watch out. Again, for me, you know, I, I still have Marde Bosco or, or Bosco Marde, however you want to coin toss, one and two. But for me, Centennial still is that number three team. They're still a Final Four team in D1. And uh, they're not being mentioned nearly enough. Like, people think because Tanner's gone, they might drop off, but I still think they're going to be really good. No, I definitely think they're going to be really good. Uh, listen, they've got a a, a, a pro-level coach. Um, his system has taken on, you know, adap- it, it, it has adapted. It's taken on the best defenses that are out there, and it still becomes successful. And they've got talent, especially defensive talent, offensive talent as well. We love the receivers. The quarterbacks can distribute the football. The backs run hard. The offensive line is going to be physical. You better look out for the Huskies. Let's move down. We have Chaminade next up, GB. Let's talk a little bit about the Chaminade Eagles. You know, offensively, we love quarterback Ryan Stevens, especially if he can take that senior year step, GB, um, going into 2018. That senior year step where in the big games, he's connecting on those Balls down the field, um, and hits those open routes consistently. Uh, but we love we love his ability to get out the pocket, use his legs. He's got that lefty stroke, and uh, I think he's going to take that step to the next level. They've got a plethora of running backs trying to fill in for the departed Andrew Van Bully. It's going to be tough to replace him, Greg Van Bully was a special football player. Um, he could block it, he could run it, he could catch it. He was a team leader. He's off now to Boise State on that blue turf. But they got some guys who are going to try to replace him, replace the production kid like Frankie Washington, Blake Sullivan, um, Alex Okribido. Okribido. Um, they're going to try to replace Vambley. So we'll see how that works out. Who's going to replace Michael Wilson? You got a kid like Jordan McIntyre who can make plays. I like Don Harrell. He's a two-way kid. Where's number three? Six feet, 175. He can make plays. Jalen Fisher, senior, 5'11", 175. He can get on the outside and run a route. But can they replace the vertical threat Michael Wilson was? He was a big play waiting to happen every week. And uh, Stevens will be looking for somebody to lean on to throw the football down the field. We'll see how that plays. Is Rankins going to play a little bit of offense? Uh, the senior free safety cornerback, I think he will. He's a good athlete, natural playmaker, natural ball skills guy. We'll see how that shakes out. Offensive line-wise, uh, I think, you know, they're going to be good. they got some guys returning up front. Uh, we'll see how that we Jake Littman, who's 6'4", 280. We like the way he looks a little bit on film. Uh, C.J. Miller, a tackle at 6'3", 230. You know, he's a little light in the pants, but he's aggressive. Brian Oney, 6'7", 255, 2020 kid. Angel Sotelo, 6'3", 305 center. 
So they've got some pieces up front, uh, and we'll see how that all shakes out. Defensive, how can I forget my guy, Liam Gilhuli? Liam Gilhuli. We talked a little bit about him, really a lot about him last year, but he's coming back to anchor the offensive and defensive line. GB, let's get to the defense. I know you like this side of the ball. What do they have on the D-line, the linebackers? We know what they're led. They got a group that's pretty studly in that defensive backfield. What do you got for us? Yeah, no, their defense should definitely be strong. It'll be one of the best in the in the, in the whole entire region. You mentioned Liam Gahuli. You know, he had a really good junior year, and I, I am a little bit concerned about the offense just to piggyback a little bit. I'm not concerned about Ryan Stevens. I think he's going to be good. I think he'll have a good year, but I'm concerned about, you know, who are his weapons. You know, they lost basically, you know, you look at Van Byrne and, and Michael Wilson. That's like 90% of the offense last year in terms of the touchdowns and the yardage. So they got to find some dudes, but up front, Liam Gahuli, uh really good D tackle, 6'2", 265. I love the linebackers. Obviously, you know, Blake Anzalados is a guy that we talked about a ton all last year. You can argue that he was one of, you know, probably one of the five best defensive players that we saw. You know, Jonathan Thomas, also very good. And then a guy, uh, Michael Earhart, who's committed to Oregon State. He's kind of swing, safety, outside linebacker type, real athletic, 6'2", 215. And then you mentioned Christopher Rankins. Those, those five guys right there are all difference makers. You know, Blake's going to get 15 tackles a game. They're going to be good up front. Galoo's going to be good up front. They've got a pretty strong secondary. It's just, can they score enough points in this division with that crazy schedule that uh, that Coach Crow said? I didn't even realize they were playing Folsom until we had, you know, Ed last week on the show saying who they, you know, they got Oaks Christian. I'm like, oh, that's good. And they got Paraclete, Mission Hills, and then you mentioned Folsom and St. John Bosco back-to-back. I mean, Folsom is ridiculously good. They got everybody back from last year's team, so... And Croson, he, he loved to schedule up. He told us his philosophy last week. So let's just hope that you know these guys have enough juice to kind of make it to the always tough mission league, Keith. Always tough mission league. Um, but I, I like this Chaminade team. Again, I think a lot hinges on Ryan Stevens' ability to connect and be consistent with his wide receivers and somebody replacing the production of the departed Andrew Van Bullock. We think we know the linebacker's going to run a hit with Thomas and Anzalato and Earhart. I think that's a, a solid senior group, probably the best group of senior linebackers um, in the southern section, along with, uh, you know, Bosco and, and their group of kids. But uh, I really like that Chaminade group of linebackers. Those, there's no doubt about it. Let's move along. Uh, we're talking Jay Sarah. Jay Sarah is a team that I think, you know, I don't know if we can call them a sleeper team, Greg, because I think the, the word is out on them. But they're loaded. Uh, really love their skill positions. You talk about Munir McClain, who's as talented as a receiver as you're going to find in the southern section, along with Tariq Luckin, who's a serious vertical threat, can get behind the defense at will. Uh, Tyler Shimamura in the slot is devastating, also as a returner. Super talented. Caden Bell, the Columbia commit, dual threat quarterback. Love his ability to get outside the pocket. Uh, when things break down and make plays with his legs, with his feet, he's going to be a tremendous addition to that Jay Sarah offense. Uh, they're always going to be really good up front. Like you said, Pat Harlow, former offensive line guy himself, been coaching the offensive line probably for the last 50 years. Um, he does a great job uh, with those guys being physical. And, you know, you can never, ever not speak about Chris Street. Maybe the best 
prospect on the football team in terms of college. I love this kid's his, his physicality, his his mental toughness, his creativity, and his exoticness with the football. I mean, the kid will he'll bust a spin. He'll cut back two, three, four times. Uh, he'll hurdle a guy. He'll run you over. He'll make you miss in a phone booth. Love his ability to make plays. He's a super, super football player. And, uh, you know, Jay Sarah, love them. And then also, listen, defensively, don't sleep. Jay Sarah defensively, they've got some players on that defensive side of the ball. I want to start off with Jaden Genova. That name sound familiar to you, Greg? Would that be related to Mr. Jack Genova? Right. The younger brother of Jack Genova transferred out of modern day. He's now at Jay Sarah. And let me tell you something. Kid's a big time football player, natural linebacker, a kid who understands the game at a high level, plays fast. It's going to be his first year playing varsity football, but trust me, that adjustment period will not be uh, slow for him. It's going to be fast. He's a kid who gets it, high football IQ. He's a hitter. Um, he understands play concept, route concept. Understand where he needs to be on the football field at the right time. Good anticipation. And I really like Jane Genoa's ability to translate to the next level. Also, Calvin Moussier. He, uh, he's a, he played a little bit of safety last year. He's going to play some outside linebacker this year at 6'1, 210. Love him. Why is Cole Aubrey still on the on the roster, Greg Biggins? Why is Cole Aubrey still on your, your roster, Jay Sir? I need you guys to get that right. Um, GB, anything else you want to add in terms? Oh, you know what? Couple more guys. Yeah, GB. You got the Sifalu, they got the got the Pauly twins. The yeah, brothers, not the yeah, twins. The the Poly, Su- yeah. yeah, the Suli feet. Suli. F- how- <laughs> go with it. The Suliafu brothers. There you Siali, go. Siali Suliafu. Okay, I got my boy Siali Suliafu, who's a beast in the interior, and then we got the younger Suliafu, which is. Um, I'm, I'm missing his name right now, but we'll get well, it. Ryan's the older one. Ryan's the, the senior. Yeah, you got Ryan Suliafu, yeah. and then you got Ciali. Ciali is the is the freshman. Um, he, he plays fullback. He plays defensive tackle. He's a beast. And then Ryan plays on the offensive line, who's a super stud, and he will mix it up with anybody here in Southern California. I don't want you to remember this name, GB. Remember this name, Zamaje Duncan. He's a 2021 cornerback. Played the IE Ducks, was at Modern Day, transferred now to Jay Sarah, a supreme athlete, a big time competitor, and will be a star for Jay Sarah sooner rather than later. Remember the name, Zamaje Duncan. He's a big timer. Watch what I tell you. Yeah, no, I saw him at the USC camp, and he okay. was looking out with the, with the big boys. Okay. Uh, remember a couple of times last week we talked about Jamil Henning at corner. Yes. Uh, mentioned him a few times. Uh, Sean Nielsen up front. Another guy who, uh, you know, legitimate D1 kid. Yeah. Uh, talk about, you know, modern-day transfers. Jeffrey Percy went over to Jay Sarah and added about 30 pounds of muscle, and he's going to be one of the better junior tackles. You know, one thing we don't mention quite enough, but, you know, Todd Norman is our strength coach. I've known Todd for a super long time, back to our, you know, Nike Spark days when I was in my student sports days. And you talk to some, you know, high school coaches and, and who know strength and conditioning, and it's kind of funny. It's like almost like quarterback coaches where everyone thinks they're the only way to do it. But universally, man, Todd Norman is a guy that every school and every guy says, you know what? Jay Sarah's got the best guy. Really? Todd Norman is the wow. best guy when it comes to strength, conditioning, and speed. So those Joe Sarah guys, man, they're, they're really good. 
They're tough. I mean, obviously, Harlan coaches them, coaches them up, up front extremely well. Sure. Todd Norman trains them, and they got athletes, man. They got receivers. Caden Bell's going to be really good. Yes. Uh, a young secondary. I saw them in that play to be tournament. Really young secondary, but that's a good secondary. I think Shaman Moore is going to play. I think he's going to play full time free safety as well as full time wide receiver. Good. And he was out there just making plays. Yeah. I mean, he's got such a great feel and instinct for the position, but just for the football game itself. So, you know, once Munir McLean gets healthy, hey, Sarah, I mean, you can make a case, you know, Bosco Marade probably have the best line play. Yeah. You can say Jay Sarah might have the best line play behind those two teams in the whole entire southern section. They're mm. gonna be really good up front. So I, it'll be fun to watch Jay Sarah. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna watch him this week. They're playing uh they're hosting Corner Del Mar, who uh yeah. they have a really a, a lot of good young talent on Friday. So they might be that might be the game I go to on Friday. Yeah. But uh no I'm excited to watch Jay Sarah. No, absolutely. I and you know what I support that trip. I think that's gonna probably be a pretty good game. I love Jay Sarah's talent. I don't want to forget Victor Clinton. He is a stud middle linebacker for Jay Sarah. He's tackle to tackle. He's got a head like a hammer. And the guy plays downhill to the football. He lays crushing hits on ball carriers. He's the leader of the defense. And I'm looking forward to watching him really shine this year next to Genova. Those two linebackers, I think, are going to be extremely, extremely active and physical for that Jay Sarah defense. But again, Jay Sarah, man, they got a terrific skill talent. And, uh, I think they're gonna, they're gonna do some things. They're gonna do some things. They're gonna, I don't know if they're gonna surprise people, but they're gonna, they're gonna go out there. They're gonna show their metal, show their stuff. Uh, they're gonna make some people recognize that Jay Sarah is a, you know, there's, there's something that people are gonna have to deal with this year. There's no doubt about it. GB, let's move along here. Uh, looking at my max preps list of teams here. Uh, who do we have after Jay Sarah? As my computer's running slow, we'll figure it out here in just a second. But yeah, how we we're not going through every single team, are we, Keith? What is what is the what is our strategy? We should have talked about this before, but are we just you just picking out teams? We're going through all eighteen rosters. That's no, 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 we're not. Show. Yeah, no, we're, <laughs> no, we don't want an eighteen-hour show. We're not going to go through all teams. We're just going to go through uh, teams that we really want to spotlight. So Long Beach Poly. As a team, how about we, the Sarah? How about the Sarah Cavaliers? Yeah, you got you got Long Beach Poly pulled up. No, no, Sarah Cavaliers. That's good. So we want to spot shadow the kind of teams who are going to be in the thick of it for the deal. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about those Sarah Cavaliers, Greg. Talk a little bit about you know their skill talent. They rival just about anybody in the country. No, for sure. I mean, obviously Doug Brumfield. You know, we talked about him a ton. Uh, breakout season, smooth lefty. I don't know what it is about lefties, whether it's golf or swinging a baseball bat or bowling. It's just different. They always look smooth. They look <laughs> yeah. smooth. Whatever they're doing. Yeah. Uh, Will Clark was my guy. We're going to baseball bat. Oh, Doug, man. Man, Doug just looks smooth. He's got some receivers, man. LB Bunkley, Melquan Stovall, yeah. Ron Ron Gilliam, Anthony Beeves, if they play him on uh, on offense. Max Williams, if they play him on offense. You know they will. All those guys. Man, that's like five or six guys right there. They should sure. be good. You know, Max is a shutdown corner. Uh, Anthony Beavers is going to be a big-time safety. He's young. We got Justin Houston, that linebacker. I mean, yeah. they got a ton of dudes. Devin King playing opposite Max. Another junior 2020 corner who I think is going to be really good. Uh, you know, it always comes down to line play, right? With yes. Sarah especially, they know they're going to have the skill. But they got to try to find some guys on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, they had Merlin Robertson who's already starting right now at ASU. I'm, I'm so happy for Merlin. But he was probably half their defense when the terms of their front seven. Yeah. He made so many plays. You know, Justin Houston's gonna be good, but 
if they can find a couple guys up front to pressure the quarterback, offensive line-wise, you know, they can protect Doug, I think they'll be good. I think they got a chance to be really, really good. Uh, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head, GB. It's going to come down to the line play at Sarah. They rival any skill talent in the country. Melquan Stoball is, a, I mean, he's just a, 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 he's just a stud playmaker. LV Bunkley, Sheldon, Max Williams, they all can make plays. Um, if you talk about the defense side, you talk about Devin King. I love him as a corner prospect. I think his ceiling's really, really high. Um, I want to talk a little bit about that offensive line. They got a young 2021 kid, sophomore, who I think has got a big time future, Elijah Planet Christian. Watch out for this kid, GB, 2021, 6'2, 305, and he's not done growing at all. I'm projecting him to be about 6'4, maybe 6'5 one day. He's going to be studly. Jacoby Sims, another stud, 2021 kid. Offensive line for Sarah. We're going to talk a little bit about him later on in the show. Uh, and they've got another 2021 kid, Aluma Inkeli, 6'7", 285, offensive tackle. So they've got some pieces up front. Can they get those pieces to play uh, with chemistry and in unison and working together for the betterment of the team? We'll see how that all transpires. Sarah Cavaliers, always talented. Can they be aggressive in the trenches? Can they knock people off the ball and open up holes for Doug Brumfield and company? We'll see how that all transpires. Let's move forward. GB, let's talk a little bit about uh, – let's move to another league. Let's talk a little bit about – let's go San Clemente really quick, GB. You, our guy Jaime Ortiz, San Clemente, one town, one team. What do you think? They got the quarterback, as they always do. At yeah. San Clemente, they do a great job. And Brennan Costello, who is a uh, Oklahoma State commit, yeah, um, you know, they got the Bulls kid, who I'm really hoping has a breakout sophomore season. Uh, they catch him on on, on the uh, on the frost off the freshman team. I don't know if they call it a frost off anymore. He, he played he played freshman ball his entire uh, freshman year. That's kind of Jaime's uh, mantra. It's like, hey, if you're not going to be you know one of my top guys, it's better to get you know get reps and, and learn. And and obviously he's kind of relatively new to, to football so yeah. he's still got to learn the game but you got the two big tight ends you know with bags and um and wakely bush yes just did a little story on him yes defensively is where we're going to find out you know how good they are you know i watched them in that Huntington Beach tournament and uh you know i don't want to say they struggle because seven on seven but i i don't know if they have the same amount of guys they had last year i think offensively they'll, they'll be good and they always do a good job up front as well. Just defensively, they have enough pieces yeah. on that side of the ball to, you know, to really, you know, they're playing in a, in a, again in a really tough league, and they got a good schedule. So, I mean, offensively, I like Costello. I like the pieces defensively. You know, what do you think? You know, you saw them. You watched. You went to the college showcase. Sure. Can it? Can they stop some people? I think that'll, that'll be their challenge. You know, de- defense, Greg, more times than not, when you terms about when you talk about, you know, team defensive football, it's not necessarily about elite talent, right? It's about 11 guys that want to run to the football after getting off blocks and hit the guy with the ball and make him separate from that football. And if the coaching staff can get 11 guys who want to 
be physical off blocks, run and hit. I think they can play good team defense. They do not have superior personnel on the defensive side of the ball like they do offensively. Offensively with bowls. He's going to bowl some people over. He is physical. He is fast and aggressive with the football. Jay Bags is a super ball catcher uh, with, uh, to me, big-time college talent as a tight end. But, of course, we know he's a super baseball pitcher. Uh, defensive side of the ball, again, you know, can they be physical? Can they play with sound technique? Can they play with leverage and use their hands and get off blocks? Can they gang tackle? That's going to be the question. Coach Ortiz is a fantastic coach. He's got a great staff up over there. I think they'll be able to get the job done, and they'll be able to compete at a high level. You know, I, I would love to see it. In San Clemente, years and years ago, and their names are escaping me. My mind is not as good as it used to be, but they had a couple a really good, like, 6'5", tight end that they play that defensive end yes. all the time. Yes, I think it'd be I think it'd be fun to see, you know, Lush on one end of the ball, Bags on the other end of the line. Yeah. And let these 6'5", 235-pound guys just rush the passer. Yeah. Right? They're athletic. They're tall. they got length. They're athletic. I, I think it'd be fun to watch those guys line up on defense and say, hey, go kill the quarterback. You know, your guys are your tight ends, but just for right now, just go get the quarterback and just kind of see how they do. And, and knowing our tees, you know, I guarantee you, he's, he's probably got some packages, but at least one, if not both of them, are going to be on the defensive side of the ball. All right, let's move along. This is what I'm really excited about. Let's talk about the Servite Friars really quickly, Greg. Coach Troy Thomas is back at Servite. I'm really, really excited about them this season. Um, for some reason, maybe because they're close to my house, they're not too far away from Cerritos. Um you know, I've got some type of affinity for Servite. I had it last year. I think I have it again this year. Let's start off with the Troy Thomas-led Servite Friars. You're talking about Cade Fuller defensively leading a group um, who gave up a lot, a lot of yardage and a lot of points last year. But I think they've got some pieces, Greg Biggins. How about Ender Aguilar transferred from Orange Lutheran? He's now at Servite, I believe. Okay. He's on the roster, so this is what I'm going to go with. Hopefully they don't have a roster from three years ago. Ender Aguilar playing defensive end and tight end. Cade Fuller playing free safety. I love those two pieces if they have them there. Um, offensively, you know, not a bunch of super talent, but you know they're going to be physical on both sides of the ball. They're going to run and hit. Uh, Troy Thompson's teams are always tough. We'll see how that translates to wins in the always tough training leagues. I know the offensive line going led, led by the Krebs, Robert Krebs at 6'4", 270, Clarence Krebs at 6'5", 275, and don't forget about Richard Krebs at 6'3", 265, Kyle Rivieri at 6'4", 275. So they got some bigs up front. You know they're going to be tough, Greg. Troy Thompson's going to come out throwing punches. They got the Ulu brothers at 6'4", 295 as well. Survive Friars, be on the lookout for them. Let's not forget about transfer quarterback, one of your favorites. Hey, Blaze McKibben, GB. Blaze McKibben, yeah. ready to lead that Friar offense. I'm, I'm hoping for a big year from Blaze. But saying that, and you know, I have great affinity for Troy Thomas. I, I really think in Cade Fuller, my kid played T-ball with Cade. Love him. Great soccer player as well. But I just think Servite's at least a couple years away. We know the freshman team is loaded, right? Their freshman won every single tournament that was out there. So we know they got some young, young talent. But, God, they just lost so many dudes. You can make an all-league team of players who left Servite. I mean, Spencer Lytle and McDuffie and Toller and on and on and on. 
I think Servite, they'll be fun. They'll be entertaining. Troy will be out there doing the shadow boxing. They're going to have the bagpipes <laughs> going. Sure. It's going to be fun to watch them. They got Bakersfield this Friday or this Thursday, actually. But uh, I really think they're a couple years away. But I think Troy hopefully will have them go in the right direction. I always root for Servite, and I always root for Troy. So hopefully they get it going. No doubt about it. Let's move on. Mission Viejo, new coach Chad Johnson. He's got some talent. Transfer Devin Woolyard coming in. Transfer JoJo Forrest coming in. Quarterback Joey Yellen. Um, GB, they got some pieces to the puzzle up over there. Uh, Pharrell at running back. They've got some guys that you really love. Talk about it, GB. Yeah, I mean, Kelly Arnold is yep. the guy who, for me, he's just a football player. Yep. Um, offense, defense, special team. It doesn't matter where he's playing. He's just one of those guys who just seems to be, you know, maybe two or three steps ahead of everybody else. You know, Matt Grudigan was like that. You know, just uh, just they just seem to have that feel of, of knowing how to play football. And Achilles like that. I, I think Joey is going to really have a, a big year. He knows that offense. He, he knows Troy really well. Uh, she's not Troy. He knows Chad really well from his Bosco days. Um, wide receiver-wise, you know, watch out. JoJo Forrest, right? Yeah. Went, out, went over there and made an instant impact on, on both sides of the ball, but especially at receiver. Up front, you know, Reese Height is a dude who's 6'5 and 240. Um, I know you love your guy going back to the offense. Maven Anderson, just a sophomore. Absolutely. Already has, a, what, a sophomore, a junior, senior body yeah. at 6 feet and 175. Uh, Jamari Farrell, another running back who I think this guy is really good. Sir Barnes on defense. Uh, you know, they got, they got some playmakers for sure. Um, Hunter Kennelly, offensive line, got his, uh, brother Lance on the defensive side of the ball, defensive yeah. end. I mean, you put Kennelly on one side and Reeves Height on the other side. Yep. They're going to have, hopefully, they should have 10 sacks between those two. That's 20, if you're doing the math at home. Yep. 10 and 10 equals 20. So, I think Michigan's going to be good. I mean, for me, I think they're a top five team. You know, I, I got, you know, the big three with Centennial, Monterey, and Bosco. Then I think right behind those three, you got Mission, Jay, Sarah, probably in the, in the top five. Maybe throw Orange Lou in that mix. But I think all three of those teams, Orange Lou, Jay, Sarah, and Mitch and Bejo, all kind of jumbled up in that in that next group of teams that all should be really good. Absolutely. I love the Keneally brothers. Hunter Keneally's a, he's going to be the physical, physical presence on the offensive line. He's going to uh, insert his will on people, and he's going to dominate at that tackle position. Lance Keneally coming off that edge is long. He's lean. He's slippery. He gets to the quarterback in a hurry. Love this uh, makeup of this Mission Viejo team. They should be right in the thick of it, like you said, GB, in that top five or six teams in this Division One, And we know Coach Chad Johnson is a difference maker. Uh, they, they're going to be something to deal with kind of as we move forward here in the football season. Let's move along, GB. We have Orange Lutheran, maybe the best skill talent in the country at Orange Lutheran. They're loaded with skill uh, starting off, of course, with quarterback Ryan Bohelinski. He's as good as anybody in the country right now. Yeah, one of the best off-seasons that we've seen uh, from the quarterback position in a while coming out of Southern California. He just totally dominated the circuit, and, uh, you know, he's got some pieces to go along with him. The opening finals MVP, Kyle Ford, is as good as you're going to get at the high school level. A young Des Bryant type, just 6'2", with a tremendous frame, super physical, with unbelievable ball skills, love him. Uh, Elijah Maharo at tight end, the Cal commit. Ethan Ray at tight end, the USC commit. They got players, Logan Lloyd, a 2024 star on the opposite side of Kyle Ford. Um, you know, he's dynamic, uh, as, as they can, as they come. 
as kind of being the number two option on a football team as far as receiving threats. You got JoJo Hawkins, who's electrifying in the slot and as a returner, you know, he's going to make some big plays. Reggie Flip Strong Jr. in the backfield, running the pill. Did they get a running back transfer in, GB? Do you, did you hear anything about that? Yeah, I, I haven't. Okay. I haven't. I mean, they, they might have. I mean, shoot, man. It, it's transferred, transferred heaven know, right now with all these teams. I, I didn't hear about that. Okay. No, you know what? It could have been. It was, it was a rumor that a national, a top-rated national recruit was transferring to Orange Lutheran, but I don't think it happened. But defensive side of the ball is where the games are going to be won and lost deep in the playoffs. Can Jackson Cloyd lead that defense and be physical? Jake Casavello on the defensive line. Can he bring the pain? We'll see what happens. Ethan Howard is a middle linebacker who likes to run. He likes to bang, bang. We'll see what he can do. Jacob Rice, we'll see what he's got on that side of the ball as well. Tavita Tuaika, he's a 6'3", 315-pound defensive tackle. He's big. He's tough. He's mean. He's a a good-looking kid on tape. So we'll see how that goes. So Orange Lutheran. A quarterfinalist, almost made to the semifinals, took a L versus Mission Viejo last year, but they've got pieces to the puzzle. They're going to be explosive on offense, and uh, that defense seems to have gotten better and gotten more physical kind of as we, as the offseason has kind of unfolded and, and they've gotten tougher, so we'll see how that goes. Let's move on. We're talking modern-day football, the Monarch. Hey, before we leave, before we leave Orange Lou, the, okay. the best defensive player is Zach Brogdon. He, he's a linebacker. He let him in tackles last year. He, yeah. He's our inside guy. He's, okay. he's a dude. So yeah, yeah. we can't forget to mention their, their best guy. Brogdon yeah. and Cloyd are both really, really good. And, and also kind of a sleeper for me, A.J. Gatto. And not just saying this because he's another guy. Him and my kid and Kate Fuller played on the same T-ball team together. But A.J.'s good. You know, he's an outside linebacker, tight end type. they got two tight ends already with Maharo and Ethan Ray. So he's going to be playing a lot of defense. I think Gatto's got a chance. So you add him with Cloyd and Brogdon. All of a sudden now your linebackers are good. You got a you know a couple of really good DBs, KJ Trujillo and JoJo Hawkins. Yeah, that's not not bad at all, right? And, and so Reggie can, plays safety, and Reggie Strong is really good at safety. So right, if they right. can just get a push up front. I keep hearing about their all line is the best and biggest they've had in the last three or four years. If they can protect Helensky and get any kind of running game, watch out for Orange Lou. They could surprise some people. When I say surprise. I'm talking about tomorrow day Bosco. Yeah. Like, I think they could play with those guys if, if they can get protection for Ryan. That, that's going to be the big if. Yeah. But it, I, I'm very intrigued. So, yeah, no, go ahead and move on now. To, yeah, uh, let's to, go to modern day. The Monarchs okay. defending national champs, GB. There's so much to say. I know we kind of got to shorten this version up. But uh, to, to me, it starts off with two-way superstar, Brew McCoy. That's where it starts with me. Outside linebacker, defensive end combo. Also as a physical, you know, second level, third level receiver. He can get money wherever he needs to. You you take it to a quarterback position, transferring in from Cathedral. You have the top 2020 dual threat in the country, Bryce Young, who's the magician with the football, love his game. The running backs transferring in, Sean Dollars from Rancho Cucamonga. Hey, do not forget about the senior, Shakobi Harper. I think he's going to have a huge year, toting the peel. 
No more Chris Street in the backfield. So it's Harper. It's Dollars. Uh, it's Bryce Young, at quarterback. On the outside, we got Brew McCoy. Braden Huffman Dixon had an excellent offseason. He's going to be a vertical target. He's going to make plays. And, and, and I hope he has a big year. He deserves it. Uh, he's, he's had a really, really good offseason. Um, also, also on the offensive side of the ball, you got to look at All-American tight end, Michael Martinez. Um, he's as about as physically ready to play on a college level as probably anybody in the training league. At six foot five and a half, two hundred and forty five pounds, uh, you know, his, his long arms, his huge hands, his big old feet. He's out there like a, a power forward on the basketball court. He's in the middle of the lane. He's posting up. And he's going to get his ball. He's going to slam dunk on somebody's head. Ain't no doubt about that. No more JT Daniels. No more Amon Ross St. Brown. But you know what? Not much of a fall off, coach. Not much of a fall off at all. Cody Epps is a receiver in a slot. He's going to make plays. He looked good this offseason as well. Anybody on offense that I'm missing as far as skill, GB? I, I don't, not, a, not in terms of skill. Um, I, I disagree a little bit on the fall off. You're not going to graduate maybe the best receiver to come out of Southern Section history. Uh, right there with Rashawn, right there with, uh, with, with Woods and Deshaun Jackson, you're gonna, there's going to be a fall off with no Almond Ross St. Brown. And then JT Daniels called the plays from the line of scrimmage last year. So there, there is going to be a fall-off for me. We'll see how much. And I love Bryce, and I love, you know, Brew and the rest of the guys. But you lose those two pieces. But what I want to talk about is, is the offensive line, right? Okay. George Mikey Hahn. Yes. LaVasa. Yes. Ty Marks. Yes. Um, obviously, Miles Morale is as good as any offensive lineman out west. Four new starters. That right there is going to be huge for me. Big Luke Felix. Yes. If they can somehow, and they're not going to duplicate last year. That's this is where the fall off is going to be. Not maybe an individual talent, collective just in cohesiveness. Sure. Yeah, collectively cohesiveness. You know, Rawls has said with those five guys last year, they didn't. There's not a blitz they didn't see. There wasn't a check they couldn't pick up. They were just a fine oiled machine. Yeah, and that was why they were so good for me. Was that offensive line? So if they can be. Not as good, but almost as good, or at least pretty good. Modern day is going to roll. If they struggle up front, I could see them struggling against not just Bosco, but Jay Sarah and Orange Lutheran as well. Yeah. So that, that's kind of big for me. And then defensively, let's, let's flip over there. Keon Ware Hudson and Evan Bennett. Those two guys have to be huge. Yes. Because why they beat Bosco last year was because up front, they were better on both sides of the line. They were able to kind of stuff the run put pressure on DJ. DJ didn't have a lot of time to throw. Their secondary is going to be elite, right? Jeremiah Cordell, William Nemo, Darion Green-Warren, Davies, Ricks. White. Five, five dot white. Sure. Six guys that are all next level players. For me, losing Mace Funa was huge. She was the difference maker in that front seven. Losing him, they got to they gotta play, for me, they got to play Brew almost full time as a linebacker mm-hmm. and and let him be the top player in the country that he can be. Right. Don't just use him spot-wise. Don't just use him as an occasional pass rusher. Let him be the best player on the field, playing full-time and outside backer. Let him rush the passer. Let him run down plays from behind. If they can, if Bennett and Ware Hudson can, can come up and stuff the run, give me a little bit of a pass rush, let Brew rush the passer, you know that – Back seven is going to be good, or excuse me, that 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 secondary with those six guys you named, they're going to be able to lock people up. But if yeah. that front seven 
can do some things. Yeah. I think Modern Day has a chance to again be, you know, the number one team in the country. Yeah, no doubt about it. A couple guys we didn't mention, Steel Dunbar, a guy who was a physical kid last year that loved to hit. Uh, he's a he's a good football player. Sir Barnes, he's a 6'2", 20-pound 20, 20 DN outside linebacker, so I'm sure he'll be, him and Brew will kind of be sharing that outside linebacker DN position. Um, and like you said, Brew could definitely well be the number one player in the country. If they allow him to go both ways and dominate both sides of the ball, uh, there's no doubt about that. One thing I did want to mention, I remember watching this offensive line, this same group, GB, play as freshmen versus St. John Bosco, and they beat St. John Bosco and DJ Uyanalele's squad, and that offensive line dominated they are. They have been playing together for a while. They are a cohesive group. Um, can they go out there and execute as a cohesive unit on a big-time stage versus elite competition? That's yet, yet to be seen, uh, but they will have their opportunities early and often. They got Amat first, and they go to Vegas, which I'll be at on the sidelines playing against Bishop Gorman. I'm excited about that. Also, special teams-wise, don't forget about special teams and how big of a role that plays. Remember, Amon Ross St. Brown with the punt return versus Long Beach, excuse me, versus St. John Bosco that first game last year. He also had a punt return for a touchdown two years ago as a junior versus St. John Bosco. That Amon Ross St. Brown, he's pretty good at football, you know. But uh-huh. special teams-wise, remember... I love Nick Lopez as a place kicker, GB. Don't let this be understated. This guy puts the ball out the end zones 95% of the times on kickoffs. Uh, He does a great job uh, kicking field goals. I love Aiden Livingston as a long snapper. The guy snaps it well. He gets down. He makes tackles. They have a solid special teams group. I wonder who's going to be returning kicks and punts for them. If I'm them, I'm probably using Sean Dollars uh, to return some kicks and punts. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, a little bit of um. No, no, I think Sean Dollars is probably be uh, my I'll guy. Go with dollars. Yeah, yeah I'll go with Dollars. Yeah, as well. Yeah, he's uh, shifty. I like that. He's explosive. I like that. Sure. Yeah, I like that. Um, no, that's a great point about the offensive linemen playing together as freshmen. Even even Miles was on that freshman team. Yes, they, they didn't move him up till till last year. So, and I, I like them individual. I like Ty Marks a lot. Yes, you know, I think Lavasa. And George Mikey Hahn, they're all good. I do think it's there's going to be a little bit of a, of a, you know, you don't see the same kind of complexities on defense playing freshman ball as you will this coming year. So that's where I'm concerned. But speaking of up front, let's go to Bosco, Keith, because if, if there's an edge, you know, when people come want to compare these two teams, everybody always says, hey, Bosco has the edge up front, right? Last year, Maris Talavo, their best offensive lineman, did play. He got hurt and the shoulder was out. And he didn't play the whole entire year. Right. Uh, Drake Metcalf is a stud. He, I mean, he's a mean, angry kid who kind of looks like the kind of guy that you would see playing for Nebraska back when we used to watch Nebraska play and dominate. That's, yeah. Good that's, point. That's Metcalf. Yeah. Logan Bednar looks like a really good player. They got they got up front on the defensive line with Poti and Rodman and last I checked, Cole Aubrey plays for Bosco. Right. <laughs> last I checked, he's yeah. over there. Yeah. So they got. They got six or seven guys up front. Galasso to get to the quarterback. Pepe. Kobe Pepe is going to be really, really, really good. I mean, shoot, I saw him in the weight room not too long ago, and he looked like a grown man. Yeah. 272. And their identity is just being tough and mean and angry, right? With Keith Savage, Sam Beast, my favorite running back, George Halani. Not that he's the best, but just I love George, the way he plays football, the, the toughness. 
Yes. And just his writing style just fits Bosco's mentality of, you know, we just want to, you know, we want to just kind of punk you. We want to physically, you know, humiliate you. Yeah. That, that's what their style is. You know, DJ's going to be great. Chris Hudson's going to be good. Kobe Bowman's going to be good. Bo Collins is going to be good. Jude Wolf is going to be good. Defensively, you know, in that secondary, it's not just Chris Steele. It's now they got McDuffie and they got Titus Tolo. They got John John Bonds and they got, um, got they, missing some dudes. No, right? yeah, Jordan, yeah. Jordan L. Yeah. Is a linebacker, kind of a hybrid, you know. Josh Alford. Josh Alford, Court Williams is like a hybrid yeah. safety linebacker. All those guys can run and hit. James Smith. Uh, James Smith. Yeah. Love him. Yes. Raven Goldford, Jake Bailey. Yes. As like a nickel and as a receiver. I mean, that guy is the most underrated player. I was watching Bosco play modern day, and Steve Daniels, JT's dad, was like, dude, why doesn't Jake Bailey have 20 offers? That's modern day's old quarterback's dad saying, Jake Bailey is a football player. No question. So you know you're good. You got other teams' dads. You know, kind of complimenting you. So, I mean, again, we talk about it all the time, Keith, Marty Bosco, and you match them up. You know, quarterback for quarterback, DB for DB, running backs, running back. It's always going to come down to the line play, offensive line, defensive line. You know, who can protect the quarterback, and who can run the football, and who can stop the run, and who can pressure the other team's quarterback, right? It comes sure. down to those two teams, and you know, I think whoever does that better will will win that game. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. These are Spencer Lytle. We forgot Spence. Yeah, Raylan Goldforce, Spencer Lytle, um, and don't forget, you know, Jacob Jornadal. I mean, I love this kid. Yeah, uh, football player, no question. He'll 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 bust you up. Right, that that's a, that's not a that's a, 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 a clubber lang, clubber lang, you know, did me. That's Jacob Jordan doll, and it, you know the sand beast. You know he's gonna get his carries. Uh, you know George Halani is a stud. The sand beast is a stud. Keith Savage is a baller. Listen, these are to me on paper, these are relatively two even match teams, modern day and Bosco. You know, I agree. I agree. DJ Bryce, that to me, that's a wash. Yeah. Uh, the running backs, to me, that's a wash. The offensive line, it, I think it probably is going to be more modern day for me than Bosco. The defensive line, it's probably going to be more Bosco than modern day for me. The linebackers, I think it's pretty much a wash. The DBs, I think it's pretty much a wash. Uh, the coaching, I think it's pretty much a wash. So you got basically two, t- you know, Tier one teams that are evenly matched across the board. Uh, I think it's going to come to, you know, when they play turnovers, special teams. It's been a Mon Ross St. Brown show the last couple of years. Who's going to be that guy this year, Greg? That to me is going to be a big difference. Who's going to make those special plays? You know, special plays haven't been made by Bosco um, the last two years. I know they dominated two years ago in the championship game, but. You know, who's going to make the special plays for Bosco? Because yeah, turnovers, yeah, right? Yeah. Team, who's yes. going to, you know, I, I know when Chad Johnson left, he told me, dude, he goes, Eric Johnson, Marty DC, is the best he's ever got up against. You know, he never does the same blitz twice. Right. Like, Marty is really, really good at scheming and, and taking advantage of, of which, what you don't want to do and, and what you do want to do. So, and there's so many little things. Like you said, you know, I, I heard what you said, and I, I agree with that. I think it's a wash at every spot. Yeah. If you give Bosco a slight edge on the O-line and the D-line, 
but it's a slight edge, right? It's more of a question mark. I yeah, think, yeah. Mario. It's not so much like we know these guys are better. We just don't know yet what Day has. How good is Evan Bennett? How good is, is where Hudson going to be after taking a year off? If those two guys can step up, then all of a sudden, you know, maybe Day is better up front, right? We just don't know right now. Yeah, we just don't know, but... You know, we'll find out as we move forward here, GB, but thank you, my friend. It's time right right now. We're going to get to our one to watch. All right, football fans, we're talking about our one to watch, the next best thing in high school football or coming from the youth levels here on The Transparent Truth. All right, our one to watch this week comes from my alma mater, Sarah High School, 2021 offensive lineman. We talked about him a little bit earlier, Jacoby Sims, six foot two, 300-pound kid with an attitude, with a nasty streak and aggressiveness, technique sound, plays with terrific leverage, uses his hand, works. Works his hips and his feet. I like this kid. I think he's got a nice upside as an interior O line kid playing next to with, and playing next to and with Big Planet Christian. I think they're going to do a nice job on that offensive line for Sarah. But this week's one to watch goes to my guy Jacoby Sims, mean and nasty out there at Sarah High School, 2021 class. Congratulations, GB. That is our season preview show, Division One, LA City section. We wrap it up. I know we went a little bit long today, but you know that's what it takes for a season preview. We're excited about this Division One group, LA City section. Not as much, but we want to show you guys some love too. We know Narbonne's ones, twos, and threes uh, are going to have a field day, but somebody's got to come challenge those guys. I really wish that happens. Uh, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are out there. Appreciate you, GB, for rocking with hey, me, Big Dog. Real, real quick, real quick. Go ahead. Give me predict. Give me a prediction. Ooh. We got two Thursday night games. Honestly, we don't have time to go over them. Probably, right, right. give me a real quick Bakersfield, who has the Jernigan brothers. Yes, we got Cam Williams. They're playing Servite. Your Servite Friars. Yeah, that's a Thursday night game. Give me a prediction, and then Oaks Christian, right? Yes, Carbonate, Kavon, Calvert. They're sure. playing Chaminade. Right, and right. Lottos, Rankins. Give me like real quick Servite Bakersfield. Yeah. Shaman Oaks, who you got? Who's your winner? Where is the Servite Bakersfield game, really quick, Greg? Is it in Bakersfield? It is. It's at it's at the Santa Ana Bowl. It's a it's a whole oh. Servite game. Oh wow, it's at the Santa Ana Bowl. Um, man, Cam Williams, the Jernigan brothers. So I think they have the athletic advantage. I think probably Bakersfield will have the I'm assuming not Bakersfield, but Servite will have the physical advantage. Can Blaze McKimmon come out and execute in his first game in a Friars uniform? Uh, you know, can guys like Kay Feller be athletic enough in space uh, to play against those Jernigans and Cam Williams playing quarterback? I'm gonna be a homer and take the Servite Friars, Troy Thomas led group coming out playing with unbelievable energy, intensity, and effort, and they're gonna get it done here at home at the Santa Ana Bowl. Servite Friars over Bakersfield and send Cam Williams and Jernigan brothers back to Bakersfield with an L. Okay? Uh, we're going to take it to Chaminade Oaks Christian. This is the game I'll be at tomorrow because this is going to air Wednesday. Chaminade Oaks Christian. Excited about this game. A um, little concerned about Chaminade's defense. Seeing them kind of get taken apart by Narbonne's offense last week. Uh, we know, you know, Coach Coachman doesn't put a lot of stock into scrimmages, but I'm, I think the revenge factor is in play here, Greg. You talk about Charlie Collins with an attitude taking over 
that Oaks Christians football team led by, to me, the number one player in the country, Kayvon Thibodeau, the Calvert brothers, our sleeper of the week, Ethan, Josh Calvert playing quarterback, and they got other guys. Don't forget about superstar running back Zach Charbonnet, Bryce Farrell on the outside playing receiver. They got a plethora of guys in the interior on the edge that can get after the quarterback. I'm going to take Oaks Christian here in a revenge matchup versus Chaminade. I would agree. I would agree with that. It's uh, I, I, I take nothing away from the Shamnad Narbon game. From what I understand, Shamnad went as vanilla as you could possibly go. Sure, but I do think Oaks just has so many guys and so many weapons, and, and Pharrell catching it, Charbonnet running it, yeah, Kayvon. And this for, for me, this is a, this is a big game for for Kayvon. You know, he really got stymied last year against Shamanad. And if he's the number one player in the nation, he needs to dominate the game, right? He needs to dominate the game, two or three sacks, seven or eight pressures. And, you know, Sean Moss, we have a game plan for him. So so let's see it. Let's go. Let's see what happens here. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about it. You, You have to remember back to last year. Shaman is going to try to slow the game down, get into their kind of double wing or their eye wing offense, pitch the ball. They got to try to double Kayvon. Kayvon has to figure out how to, how to not only defense that, but how to attack that, right? It takes a certain type of technique, certain type of uh, leverage to be able to play against that offense because he's going to catch the double team. They got to put. Chaminade, they meaning Oaks Christian have to put Chaminade in long distance third downs, third and eights, third and nines, third and elevens, so they can at least that pass rush. Stevens can get out the pocket, but can he run away from the six foot five, two hundred forty five pound terror coming off that edge? I don't think so. Again, I got Oaks Christian in that game, so we'll see how that trans, how that unfolds and translates to Friday's matchup. GB, I appreciate you as always, my man. This is the transparent truth. We only do it one way, and that's fast, physical, and smart on this show. Be looking for our matchup show coming on Friday. We're going to be previewing all the top games here in the subject southern section and abroad. But without further ado, let's bring this baby to a close. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Richie Hammond. Y'all be cool.